Welcome to the Immigration Update Podcast with Attorney Lynn Walker, Business Immigration Partner at Minor & Landis. This is the podcast that immigration professionals and foreign nationals turn to for up-to-the-minute information. Any honest attorney will admit that they love templates. I am one such attorney. In fact, I love templates so much that I've been responsible for creating many templates at many of the law firms where I've worked. So why are templates so great? Well, because they can simplify the creation of documents that are used repeatedly, especially in the business immigration world, such as filing letters, approval letters, and support letters. Well-written templates increase efficiency and reduce workload. However, a poorly written or outdated template can wreak havoc on deadlines and cause problems with green card processes that could cause the client's green card application being denied, the loss of substantial money, and significant delays in ultimately receiving lawful permanent resident status. In this episode of the podcast, I will give you an example of one such template from USCIS that did just that. But before we begin, as always, I want to mention that this episode of the podcast comes from an article that was written by immigration partner Lynn Walker. The article appears in full on her LinkedIn page, including links to relevant websites, screenshot images of the template in question, along with many other articles of interest to the immigration law community, and some fun stuff too. I highly recommend you check out her feed and follow. And as always, please spell Lynn L-I-N when searching for her content. So let's get started. And I'll be speaking in the first person, as these are Lynn's words that I'm reading. In order for a template to be useful, it must be accurate and well-written. In the legal field, this means that a template must be updated regularly, proofread and vetted by all stakeholders several times before being used. In particular, if a template is being used to advise a person of a deficiency in a legal filing, demand the production and or submission of additional evidentiary materials, and provide directions to the external stakeholder on how to satisfy the request, it must absolutely be accurate. So imagine if you are a foreign national who applied for your green card and received the following RFE, which is filled with errors. If you do not have legal representation by a qualified and experienced immigration attorney and you follow the instructions provided by USCIS, your green card application will most likely be denied. So attached to the article on LinkedIn are screenshots from an RFE that our client actually received, which requests the submission of a Form I-693, medical examination and vaccination record for their green card application. The RFE itself contains numerous errors, and here are just a few. First, it directs our client to go to the incorrect website to find an authorized civil surgeon to perform the medical examination. That's bad enough, but it also advises our client that they are only entitled to 30 days to submit the requested documentation and notes under 8 CFR 103.2 B84 that this is the maximum period allowed for an RFE. This is wholly inaccurate. The regulations state that the maximum response time for an RFE is 12 weeks but the maximum response time for a Notice of Intent to Deny, or NOID, that is 30 days. 
The next mistake is that it advises our client that they have the option to upload their I-693 to the USCIS online portal. That's absolutely wrong. The I-693 will be returned to the client in a sealed envelope, and the envelope must remain sealed when it is sent back to USCIS. If the I-693 envelope is opened by anyone other than the USCIS officer, the document will be rejected. Next, it advises our client that they have a deadline of February 2nd, 2024, but have the option of responding up until September 30th of 2024. Again, this language is wholly inaccurate. Following the instructions in this RFE will most likely result in the client's green card application being denied the loss of substantial money, and significant delays in ultimately receiving lawful permanent resident status. So here are two pieces of advice. One, when you get an RFE, it is important to print the RFE and review it very closely to make sure that the information USCIS is providing is accurate. And two, and I've said this before, it is essential to consult with a licensed and experienced business immigration attorney. While it is possible for you to DIY some immigration applications, you should not ever DIY an RFE response, even one that seems as straightforward as, please send us your medicals. Thanks for listening to the Immigration Update Podcast with Attorney Lynn Walker. We'll be back next week with more breaking news of interest to the immigration law community. If you like what you hear, please follow, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps us grow. If you'd like to suggest a topic for our podcast or have any questions about your particular business immigration situation, please contact Lynn at lwalker at minor.com. That's lwalker at m-e-y-n-e-r dot com. Disclaimer. The information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this podcast in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.